Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Hill driving, accelerating, foul, finishes George Hill with seven straight points for the Jazz. And they lead it 95-88 plus the foul. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for November the 7th from Philadelphia. We come. On Election Day Eve, we'll talk about the Jazz win in New York under tough circumstances. We saw our dream lineup, and it performed. George Hill continues to wow. We'll look at Philly and run around the NBA, plus a former Jazz man that is struggling. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Each and every day we bring it to you in a little bit more than bite-sized component and give you the latest on your favorite team. So make sure you subscribe, download, whatever it is you do to the podcast and make it a part of your daily life, whether it's driving to work in the morning or coming home in the afternoon or on the treadmill or just on your walk or at the office, however it is you uh, take it in, please make it a part of your daily life. We greatly appreciate it. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got podcasts for you on each and every one of your favorite teams out there in the NFL and the NBA. Big national week coming on Locked On NBA. We're going to talk with Roland Lazenby, uh, who wrote the newest book, uh, Showboat, on Kobe and also on Jordan, and also the book on Phil Jackson, talk about them. And then the coach returns. This week as well on Locked on Jazz. Uh, hopefully have that one up for you today. And then uh, have Roland uh, Lazenby up for you uh, Wednesday or Thursday is the hope. So it should be a big week on Locked on NBA. Hope you tune in and uh, grab all of those. I think I set up the show for you a little bit. It's brought to you by Sherlock Intelligence. Today our friends who help you with your company be competing with the big boys of data. Giving you the edge uh, with Data, Sherlock Intelligence, good company out of Bountiful, nice guys. They're helping out the Locked On Podcast Network, and they can help you as well uh, and your small business uh, to capture, visualize, and analyze your data, Sherlock Intelligence. All right, let's get this started. We always start with the same thing, which is pins across the world. And uh, what that is, if you are new to the show, as some of the numbers show that many of you are, is in Send me an email at dlock09 at gmail.com, and you tell me where you're from, where it is you listen to the show. In addition to, uh, the next part of it is you, you drop me a little note that says, uh, you know, this backstory on how you became a fan. Uh, I do want to, um, every now and then I get a really nice email. Every now and then I get a few that aren't. Actually, those seem to have subsided. Uh, and I just wanted to give a shout out. I don't know if uh, one of the I got an email yesterday uh, from Mikey Madsen, and if you're out there, uh, just a shout out. Thank you very much. That was a great email. I really appreciate it. I don't I don't know you, but that was that was cool. All right, this comes today from Elizabeth Oliver. 
I must confess, I'm a jazz convert. I moved to Utah three years ago. Even then, I was excited about having an NBA team to easy ex- for easy access. Previous lover of the Clippers, but don't tell. But as of last season, while I tried to learn as much as I could about all the players and follow every move, and even when my heart got broken over our close access to the playoffs, I am now sold forever. But there's still been a learning curve, and I'm not going to even claim to know even the slightest about basketball. I know much more than when I started the journey, but but now it has my heart. All of the last two years, I caught the games at friend's house and went to as much as I could to uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena, but mostly I listened to you on the radio giving us play-by-play as we sat in my buddy's garage huddled close to the wood-burning stove. I can't tell you how fun this is, or maybe I can because you love the jazz more than any of us, but every home game, uh, snuggling up to the wood-burning stove outside with the dogs and my closest friends anxiously waiting for every, on every word, stressing, stressing, stressfully moving, I can't read, but I can... Stressfully moving around the radio antennas when the signal was weak and the game was close and jumping up and cheering and clapping and hugging at every success. These were just the best times. So much so that when we thought about getting season tickets this year, we couldn't give those times up. We even considered buying a handheld radio so we could take them to the game and still listen to you as we watched. I do think 97.5 comes in. Uh, but I probably now, you've got, you know, this is a wonderful story. And my bosses are now mad at me, Elizabeth, because I'm supposed to be selling tickets, not preventing you from going. Just kidding. My buddy Kevin's a lifetime fan. Uh, I hear Carl Malone and John Stockton's names every days, uh, every day along the way. He has this great memory of his eighth birthday going to a jazz game and his late father uh, with his late father to a playoff game, buying foam fingers, his only time in the lower bowl being face-to-face with the players. I love his passion and dedication to the team and what it means to his connection to his dad, Blaine. Needless to say, we listen to your podcast every night when we get home from work and as soon as we curl back up to the wood-burning stove in the garage and actually listen to you every night so we can pour our hearts into the jazz again this season. But wow, long story. I'm writing this because a few nights ago I was listening to ask Joe Johnson what his top five players would be. I just had to know more. Uh, Kevin brought out a chalkboard. I spent the whole night learning about point guards and shooting guards and centers and small forwards and power forwards. Thanks for creating such great memories for this jazz convert. That is from Lizzie and Kevin in Holiday, Utah, in the garage. Well, you know what? Every single day when I do, uh, you've probably heard this before, but one of the things I do, the last thing I do right before broadcast, is on the upper right-hand side of my uh, sheet, I write down someone's name, um, usually where they're from, and I try to envision what they're doing. So it could be the mom making the kids dinner. It could be the family doing homework. It could be someone driving uh, the night shift, whatever it is. And so tonight I will, Liz and Kev, Lizzie and Kevin in Holiday, Utah, will be, we'll be broadcasting straight to the garage for you. All right, let's get to our uh, tip-off story of the day. That's the Jazz win against the Knicks yesterday. Uh, that was not an easy one. That early start was a little bit of a tough circumstance, and if you heard the radio call yesterday, I kept kind of saying throughout the broadcast, just stay in the game. Just stay in the game. And that was the feeling I had throughout was Hayward's reintegration. Uh, it, it just, I mean, like I opened the first segment of the game and didn't call it well at all. Uh, just had no rhythm, just felt off, and it, I just don't call games at 10 o'clock in the morning. And your your body is habitual, and you could just tell Rudy was a step late getting Przingis on a bunch of pop-out threes, and we switched strangely on a few defensive sets, and you could just tell we weren't right. And so that's a really mature win for a young group to come together through the game and kind of just, okay, we're not right, just stay in it. That's a hard thing to do, and for them 
uh, to kind of stay in the game in that capacity uh, last night, I think is pretty exciting. It's it's seemingly just all led by George right now. George Hill is just terrific. Uh, not only 20 points, three rebounds, five assists, an insane 54% shooting, 43 from three, and 88% from the free throw. I mean, he's having a Steve Nash year right now. Uh, I don't think this is going to last, only because if it does last, he is be- he is Steve Nash. And I'm the biggest George Hill fan in the world, but I didn't suspect that he was going to be Steve Nash. So we'll calm the Jets a little bit on whether this lasts, but maybe. I mean, there were some things, yes, there's some things that you're seeing that lead you to believe that this team could be very, very hard to guard at, at times. But that's just big picture. Gordon staying in it through his frustration. He missed a shot at one point. You could tell he was, you know, he had the vision of coming back and, and dropping 28, but doing it elegantly. He dropped 28 the hard way, uh, which, by the way, he only had, I think, seven games of more, 28 or more last year. Uh, career high, 14 free throws made for Gordon last night. Uh, so I, I was just very impressed with the jet, way the Jazz uh, fought through that. We saw the small lineup that I think the versatility that we've all been excited and wanted to see uh, out of this team, and it worked in in a lot of ways. Uh, the Jazz last night uh, ended up having... Uh, Hill, Hood, Hayward, Johnson, and Gobert on the floor for 10 minutes. In those 10 minutes, they outscored the Knicks 26-12, to 12, had an offensive rating of 126 and a defensive rating of 61. But in 10 minutes, that lineup outscored the Knicks 26-12, to 12, and there were a lot of little battles going on inside that game in which the Knicks... Went small, played Przingis at the five and Carmelo at the four and doing what a lot of people would have, you know, talking to, I talked to Jeff for a long time before the game and one of the things Jeff was saying was we have a hard time with that, particularly against, you know, we can't rebound out of Przingis and Carmelo and we, we don't defend great. Uh, and so you would, the Jazz kind of willingly went there and said, all right, you know, we'll, we'll go play small and see how you, whether you can combat that or not. And... In turn, the second most used lineup by the Jazz, uh, which 10 minutes a lot, the starters played 12 minutes together. And uh, probably just because a little bit because Gordon wasn't quite on. They didn't have, they were 0 for 5 from 3, so their numbers weren't as good. They were pl- in 12 minutes, they outscored the Knicks 28 27. Uh, and then you had what I thought was the most secondary lineup that was most important last night was the lineup in which, or yesterday afternoon, the Jazz come out with Shelvin Mack, Rodney Hood, Joe Johnson, Trey Lyles, and Derek Favors as their second unit. Now, there's some adjustments that have to be made. Rodney probably can't play 38. It'll be interesting to see how Rodney goes tonight on a back end of a back-to-back because the data is showing that you are about 70% your regular speed when you are playing uh, a back end of a back-to-back when you've played over 30 minutes. We have a bunch of guys who went over 30 minutes so that'll be that'll be a little tricky uh, to see how the Jazz deal with that. But the the impact of depth, you're seeing one that we can now play the small lineup, uh, which was you know frankly dominating, and then the second one is because Gordon played all 12 minutes of the third, and you're pulling Ru- uh, Rodney at about the four or five minute mark. We pulled him at the 3:55. We probably got to pull him a little earlier. You then come back in the second quarter or the second quarter or the fourth quarter with Joe Johnson replacing Gordon. Rodney Hood coming back in 
the game for Dante, whoever's in the game, Dante had some congestion, and depending on how much you're playing, Rodney, this happens either sooner or later. Shelvin Max, at your point, Trey Lyles is now your four. He's come in earlier, probably. And then Favors is replacing Gobert. So you run Gobert and Hayward all the way through the first quarter. You pull Derek and Rodney at the five or six minute mark, and they circle back in the beginning of the second quarter, and you add Joe Johnson to that mix. You now have the depth that we've been talking about this entire time. It's really quite awesome. And we saw it last night for the first time, and you begin to see how good this team can be because of its ability to throw out 48 minutes of lineups. It was really stunning to me. Uh, There was one lineup that they threw out there at the end of the first quarter that I can tell that they don't love. It was Shelvin, uh, Dante, Gordon, Derek Favors, and Trey Lyles, I think. Um, I think that's the one. Or it could have been even Shelvin, Trey L- Shelvin, Dante, Joe Johnson, Trey Lyles, and Derek Favors. Uh, one of those, because I think Gordon got pulled a little early in that first. That one's, you know, there's the one that you're a little short, one of your offensive weapons. And we'll just have to figure, you know, but maybe not. Not if Trey Lyles gets going. Right now, Trey Lyles isn't going. And that's hurting a team a little bit. Now, you know, without, you know, I don't want to be Debbie Downer uh, on, on all this excitement, but it's worth noting is as much as we're 4-3 and three and have won some tough games and our losses are, you know, without Derek and uh, Gordon in Portland and then two San Antonio, the Clippers, are two of the teams that are playing the best of anyone in the league, we're only 13th in the league offensively right now. And we're only 15th in the league defensively. So it's not as though we've really clicked into play as well uh, as we can or as we're capable of. And so there's a lot of room still. One of the ones offensively is, frankly, that Trey Lyles is just not going yet. I mean, Trey Lyles for the season right now is shooting 29% from the field and 27% from three. And... Uh, Dante is okay, but he's got a real plus-minus problem going on right now. But hopefully when we put his defense when he was out there was pretty terrific, uh, really causing Brandon Jennings some problems and Derrick Rose some problems. So hopefully when we get some of this depth and you have this depth and some of the problems we have where when George Hill is off the floor right now, and when George Hill is off the floor right now, we can't score. And hopefully now that lineup of Shelvin Mack with Rodney and with Joe that we talked about can alleviate that problem uh, along the way. We're the sixth best three-point shooting team in the league. That, that I think, is sustainable. That, that's not one that I'm – I mean, some of the numbers are a little more than I think we can anticipate. Joe Johnson's not going to shoot 54%. George is at 43. Rodney's at 43. Joe's at 43. But I also think that Dante should – and Shelvin hopefully will be better than 29, and Trey Lyles will be better than 27. So uh, I I do think that this is actually a team that can be a top 5 or 10 three-point shooting team in the NBA, and right now we're sixth in the league and taking 25 a game. We're taking 20, 32.5% of our shots as threes, which is 10th in the league. Uh, I'd like us to be a little higher than that. Uh, my new definition of a game is when you take over 30% of your shots as a three and over and take 30 free throws. We did that uh, yesterday. That's a pretty good game when you're still attacking the rim uh, at that level. So that's really, uh, from yesterday, you know, the Knicks are not good defensively. Uh, I'm not sure I think the Knicks are going to be good. Uh, I still kind of look at the Eastern Conference as I did at the beginning. I had Cleveland as one. 
Uh, Toronto and Boston is 2-3, though Boston definitely scuffling. I had Atlanta at 4, which is the number one differential team in the league right now. Uh, and then uh, I actually had Charlotte at 5, thought Washington would fly in at 6, but the Mahimi injury has derailed them. And I did like Detroit and Milwaukee despite the injuries. And then I still have Chicago and Indiana and Orlando and maybe even Miami above New York. So I, I have New York pretty far down uh, the list. Today's show is brought to you by Sherlock Intelligence. Uh, the guys up at Sherlock Intelligence and Bountiful do really, really good work. If you what, here, Here's what they really do. is We have so much data out there uh, that they have found the ways to be able to bring in multiple sources of data to give you a holistic picture of your company, and your customers. So by using these multiple sources of data, they're going to let you know your customers through the numbers. Then you can find the patterns in their behavior. And with that, then you're able to grow your profits. How do they do that? One is they capture the data from the multiple sources I mentioned. Then they have some really neat guys who do fabulous work that give you visual uh, context to what the numbers are. And then they sit down and help you analyze it. From my point, you, you can tell right now whether this matches your company. If you're thinking about it, I'd walk down the road with Sherlock Intelligence, Sherlock intelligence.com or 855-339-7774 that's 855-339-7774 i would definitely look into it give them a call see what they have to say but i think what you'll find out is if you're a company that's trying to compete with the big boys who have these huge data forces that sherlock allows you to have a chance because if you don't know your data if you don't know what your customers are doing if you don't know your patterns in this day and age you're being negligent the other angle is is your company and in a field where other people aren't doing it, and you can suddenly get a big edge on people. Check it out. It's Sherlock Intelligence, SherlockIntelligence.com, 855-339-7774. That's 855-339-7774. All right, so the Jazz play the Sixers today. Joel Embiid is the talk, his 19.6 rebounds, uh, and Dario Saric. They cannot score. They are 30th in the league in scoring right now. They just don't have the talent uh, to score, and that's uh, what the Jazz will have to take advantage of. Jazz are only 15th in the league offensively right now, and so what you're going to have to keep an eye on from the Jazz standpoint is whether or not they have the energy and the effort out there to be able on a back end of a back-to-back to be able to not let Philadelphia kind of just run through the game. If you can come out, get them kind of on their heels a little bit and see whether or not you can you can knock them off their – uh, bearings with some defensive pressure because they're just not a natural scoring team. Uh, that would be good. They're not an offensive rebounding team either. They're very, very uh, low in the league in offensive rebounds, and they turn the ball over a lot. So if you can put the defensive pressure on them, they're, Rodriguez and McConnell are on the lesser end of offensive players as their point guards, and you can start to get mistakes if you come out kind of lackadaisical and build a a tepid shell and and don't put out a lot of pressure on them, then I think you're going to see them be able to come uh, at you a little bit and get you into a longer game. Uh, Again, playing on the back end of a back-to-back, you're not as good. So it will be interesting to see if the Jazz can maintain uh, that pressure. By the way, Jazz ticket packages are still available for you. You can get... uh, the Jazz come home. We're on the road for a week, but then we're back home with two games coming up. There are some really good ticket plans available uh, for you right now. Go to utahjazz.com and check those out. You also still can buy half-season tickets or the Superstar plan, which includes nine games, or the Pick'em plan, which is my favorite. You choose seven-plus games to your favorite. Check all those out at utahjazz.com. Uh, 
Com. All right, around the NBA, uh, interesting good wins last night by Denver and Sacramento. There's just are not going to be easy games this year. Uh, the win total team people are, were hoping for on a lot of teams, I think it's going to be short because there's just too many teams that can win games. Sacramento, Toronto doesn't have Valanchunas last night, so Sacramento's able to go in with DeMarcus Cousins on Jakob Pertl in a pretty big mismatch and win 96-91, which was an important win for Sacramento because they uh, were kind of on this road trip and, we always feel like they're on the cusp of spiraling out of control. Then you've got Denver, who wins in Boston last night, 123-107. Uh, Boston, obviously, has got major defensive problems along the way, but that's a pretty nice win for Denver, who uh, now hovers around 500. Uh, and Denver's been just has this, as they figure, they scored 42 points in the first quarter on Boston and then just kind of cruised. Emmanuel Moutier finally exploded for 30, and they have got just this incredible flexibility of different lineups they're able to use in different matchups and different games. And Wilson Chandler uh, gave him 22 points off the bench, playing really well uh, for them. And Jamal Murray, their rookie, finally scored. He had not made a field goal uh, all year yet. They're, they're interesting. I mean, they're getting 35 minutes a night out of Jameer Nelson as a as kind of a two-guard to go with Moutier and relieve the pressure. And then they've got Gallinari and Jokic and Nurkic, uh, Fareed playing a lot, Chandler playing a lot. Uh, so they've got – that's a that's – a, interesting group of players that Denver has that uh, as Kevin Pelton you know predicted when the year started that that was going to be a team that was much better than everybody thought and I I, you know they're three and three so far Uh, Minnesota just can't seem to find their wins but Oklahoma City keeps rolling they won by 20 again on Saturday so lots of really kind of and by the way Denver got blown out in Detroit the night before so that was a good win uh, by them so lots of interesting just kind of there's these teams are good you know there's just not a lot of teams that are really putting out poor performances. The one that's interesting right now in the NBA is the fact that San Antonio, Golden State, Boston, these teams we thought were really good, are getting blown out at different times. All right, that is tip-off today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you, or excuse me, Locked On Jazz today, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you'd like your company and you wants to reach men between the ages of 18 and 44, our audience is 97% men. It's 72% between 18 and 44. And it's also 72% between 25 and 54. You can kind of figure out why that is. Uh, so if those are either of your demographics that your company wants, you may want to advertise on Locked on Jazz. Email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. Research is showing that podcast listeners are more responsive to sponsors than other media formats and have a bigger connection to the sponsors of programs would love to have you aboard locked on jazz email me at dlock09 at gmail.com that is today's edition of locked on jazz part of the locked on podcast network